It is another Friday, and we are back at it. I'm so glad to be back at it, always. It feels good, you know, now that we stretched our wings a little bit into the third season, I'm feeling a little more, uh, you know, rejuvenated, revved up. Uh, season three has been going great. It's been amazing. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun, and we're happy to be back, guys. And if you have stumbled onto the podcast, hey, hang around. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, everyone, from FS Studios and a CNG production. You have stumbled onto Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where neighbors are here to expand their own neighborhood. That's right. I am Brian Chambers. And I am Philip Goffrey. And I feel like we should say we're going to drop it like it's hot after we do something <laughs> like that. You know? Are we cool enough to say drop it like it's hot? I don't know. That goes back to what, like 99, 2000, somewhere Well, oh, I mean, it, I'm, well, I don't know. Can we still pull it off? That That's one of those things you don't say. There, there's phrases you don't talk about or like they end and then you don't bring them up again. And then if you do, it's like, oh, man, how old is that dude? Well, if we do it on our show and we have sponsors, is that one of those phrases we're going to get haunted by in 10 years when some lawyer comes out of some, like, rock? I don't think you, you know, can coin that phrase that. or copyright, drop it, drop it like it's hot. I don't think so either. I don't think you can either. Unless it's like a bagel shop that's like, drop it like it's hot. But didn't And they, they sponsor us, and I'm like, yes, get those bagels that drop it like it's hot. <laughs> didn't they do it in a Volkswagen commercial, too? I'm sure they did, but it's like you just pay for the rights to use certain things, right? I guess. There was this history, though. There was a brief, brief history in Volkswagen advertisements from the late 90s to the early 2000s where they were all really, really good. Like when they get the Volkswagen GTI stuck up in the tree and they're trying to get it down like it's a Frisbee or a football. And no, this uh, episode is not sponsored by Volkswagen. <laughs> no, because now their advertising sucks. So it couldn't be sponsored by them. So, they so just in unraveled. case Volkswagen's listening, no, we don't want you to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, they just they completely lost their way with advertising. Well, speaking of losing their way, we have lost our way into another fantastic guest. Oh, you like how I brought that back. Good transition. Yeah, was it? Was it great? I was yeah. not. No, nah, it wasn't that great. Yeah. But our guest is fantastic. And, uh, you know, he and I actually go back a long way and we'll we'll get into that. But he's an accomplished musician who studied at the Interlochen Arts Academy, Rice University's Shepherd School of Music, and the Colburn Conservatory. He's a principal horn of the San Diego Symphony Orchestra since May 2008. He has also performed as a guest horn with the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra, the Dallas Symphony Orchestra, the Iris Orchestra, the Louisiana Philharmonic, and as an extra player with the Houston, Richmond, and New World Symphonies, and the Houston Grand Opera, Opera Orchestra. He was also a featured artist at the first ever conservatory project series held at the Kennedy Center in Washington. Okay, I, I can't keep, I could keep going, but I'm not going to keep going because we want to bring him on here. The very accomplished, very dear friend uh, from the past who is gracing us with his presence, Mr. Ben Jaber. Ben, welcome to the show. Yo, how's it going? 
What's hey, going hey, on? Hey, did, did I get all of that right? I mean, Brian, I, it was a mouthful. Brian, you, you, you win, my friend. You, you, you have won. You are officially my new manager, my new PR hype man guy. If I ever need my bio just exclaimed the way you just, I've never had it my, my entire life story just recited in such fashion. It was very, very, it was very nice. Well, no, I, is, it's my pleasure. I'd be happy to do that. I, I will send you my, my contract and everything else as soon as you need it. You know, Ben, Ben, first of all, it's yeah. nice to meet you. And secondly, I'm so glad that you said that Brian nailed that because I was worried I was going to bring like an oxygen tank in here if he had to read that again. <laughs> I mean, that it was, was just seriously so dramatic. And like, it was, it was, well, it, was, it deserves it it, no, it deserves a lot of praise. I mean, you have a, a let's let's just get serious for a, a small bit here because I know we're going to get off track throughout the episode. But you oh, sure. have a list of accomplishments that is incredible, and I, I don't even know where to start to be honest with you. So we're going to go all the way back to when you and I met, because I, I want our listeners to know how far back you and I go. Um, we go back to eighth grade, but mm -hmm. we, we I don't think we really met until you were in eighth grade, because that's when I um, I moved up into the uh, symphonic band um, or the concert band. Right. So I don't, so for yeah. our listener, our listeners at, at home are people that are like totally lost right now. We were both horn players. We played French horn together. We both had a wonderful band director, and our, uh, Nancy Caston was her name, and she sadly passed away just this past year. And uh, and her husband, Robbie Caston, if he's listening to, is also was a huge influence in my life uh, later on at Elkins High School, which is right nearby there. Lake Olympia Middle School is where Brian and I were and was in Fabulous scenic Missouri City, Texas. That's right. Shout out to live. all the Mustangs out there, all the Mustang graduates. That's right. The Mustangs, the Mustangs and the Knights. We love you. We miss <laughs> you. Yada yada yada. But no, Nancy Caston was was an amazing band director, and she every single student she ever had, uh, she she was their favorite teacher ever. And I just remember, I think was the year that you were there that I remember her very proudly announcing to the band one morning that this year we have five French horns. She band. she and, loved the French horns, and actually, I'm yeah. glad that you said it because I don't think until until we all came together. I, I now I don't know who who played with you prior to uh, to when I came in, but I yeah. it was it was a, we had a large section. I think we had five, and then at one point ended up with one more. I do remember it was you, me, a guy named Joe Calusa. Joe Calusa. Um, and then Blake. I, I don't remember his last name. Uh, I remember Joe. Blake Disher. Yes. It was Blake Disher. Wow, yes. And then this yeah. girl named Stephanie, and I could not, and she was very sweet, but I couldn't remember who her last name either. Yeah, I, and there was also a guy named Michael Jordan. Remember Michael Jordan? Yeah, very loosely. I was trying to, I I was trying to find my yearbooks, and I couldn't. That's what I couldn't remember is I think he left, but there was a guy named Michael Jordan, and – Back, uh, you know, we were in middle school, you know, and sneakers were a thing. Sneakers are still a thing for me, but like everyone was trading shoes and, you know, Air Jordans and things. And, you know, this one guy, Michael Jordan, in, who's playing French horn, I think he took off though in seventh grade to go somewhere else. And that's why he probably wasn't around. I love music so much and, and you know, I still perform, but not as a, a horn player. But yeah. I loved that time when I was in middle school doing band and I still remember what we ended up playing 
for our solo, or not our solo and ensemble, but our uh, UIL competition, we played a Scarborough Affair and oh, Mr. Yeah. Holland's Opus. And that was, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And that was when yeah. the movie had kind of just come out. It was real popular and they had that horn side and it had the coolest horn parts. And the reason yeah. that this year stuck out to me so much was because, Ben, you are a, a phenomenal player and always have been. You, you always have been. I, I still remember you'd be warming up like playing the theme of Batman like in, in, one of the, in one of the rooms or something like that. And I would just be like, how does he do that? Wait, wait, Batman like Tim Burton's Batman or Batman like No, like, like Michael original? Keaton, like the original. Yeah, well, Tim Burton's. Okay, so yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. movie Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it would just do it. But I still remember we had a, we had a, a chair challenge one morning and I beat Ben one time. <laughs> Oh yeah. On a B flat major scale. Yeah. <laughs> you remember you remember that, do you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been waiting I've been waiting years to bring that up to you. I knew you were gonna be so Just successful. Okay. 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 I love it. okay, gentlemen, I love it. gentlemen, step this down for one second. Let's step back here. For I, I us non admit defeat, you know? That's well, that's great that you remember for us that. non so for us non band. <laughs> players as non-band members back in the day can you please explain what a chair challenge is absolutely so when you you had your first chair you know and you basically your order of chairs of of how you how what parts you played and you know typically your top player your principal chair was always first chair so most of the solos and things that went to first and second chair they were your top players kind of like your first violin Right. Um, so you could challenge each week or every two weeks, I think it was, uh, to to try to beat them out for that position. So it was just a little friendly competition. I see. It's actually a really good thing to do in school and at summer camp. The challenge thing, I think, is a really good thing for kids. And it's a good thing for your mental game. Because later on, actually, when you're going for a job, uh, no, it's actually not at all that way. Like you wind up thinking, you know, in school uh, that first chair is the best, you know, and you win first chair and you're the best. And that's what that, that, yeah. But in that situation, sure. That's the competition of it is to play better than the other person. But when you audition for a job um, in an orchestra, you audition for a specific spot. And in the horn section, it's set up kind of like a, like a choir, like soprano, alto, tenor, bass, uh, like a barbershop quartet, if you like. There's usually four, between five and six players on staff in, in big groups. We have five here in San Diego. and uh, But um, I wish we had six for all the stuff that we do and all the stuff we're about to do. We're going to need lots, lots of extras. Um, but... No, you audition for first chair or second chair or third chair, but you're, you're auditioning for that position and you play that position for the, as long as you're there for the rest or for the rest of your career. You know, some people go from job to job, other people stay in one spot for their whole lives, you know, and then you wind up being first horn somewhere, fourth horn somewhere, but you just play fourth part on everything. And so you wind up when you do that, like, you wind up sort of specializing in like a voice type. If you play first horn, you tend to play higher notes in the register. You play most of the high notes. You play all the solos that happen for the first horn. But in the orchestra, there are solos that happen for all the parts, you know, little moments for second, third, and fourth. They're, they're little important 
excerpts and passages that you hear and, and big pieces for those parts too. Well, that so. that's actually a really uh, useful explanation. I appreciate that very much because I always kind of pictured the whole first chair thing because I've heard it throughout my life, even though I'm not a musician. Um, yeah. I always sort of pictured it like a like a captain on a football team or a, or a soccer team, it's, right? So that's interesting that too. You wind up you wind up being the section leader too if you're first. You're you're you manage the section here in San Diego. All the principal players manage the sections we manage the sub lists we hire the extra people that we need we cast people to play when stuff when people aren't available like these last few weeks here our fourth player for example has been out uh, because he had dental work and our second horn player has been out because she got married and so we've needed people to do these last few concerts that we've done with our new venue, which I guess we'll talk about too, I suppose. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we have a new, well, yeah. well, well, hold on before we jump there. And the only reason I was bringing that stuff up it, outside of uh, mm-hmm. wanting everyone to know that I, I beat out the uh, principal horn player at the <laughs> San Diego symphony orchestra. <laughs> no, but it, square, I must say, absolutely. It, it, man, it was the reason, the only reason I bring it up at all honesty is because <laughs> it was such an honor to play with you. You had a gorgeous sound, and it really pushed someone like me hearing that, and it was such a thrill. So it's I know very, it didn't last long, say, but yeah, you were, sure. yeah, Ben, you were an amazing player. And how did you end up in San Diego, first of all? I mean, I, I know it's kind of, it feels like a, a musician's life, an actor's life, you get kind of where the job is, right? Uh, I wound up here um, through a series of, other events that happened. I I went to Rice and I went, after I graduated Rice, I, I wound up in the uh, Louisiana Philharmonic for one year. It was my first job sort of out of school. Also while I was at Rice was, well, it was when I actually started working professionally while I was an undergraduate, I was lucky. This whole thing with, with Horn and me started with my teacher. I had a teacher uh, who still teaches at Rice, this guy, Bill Vermeulen, who was my very first influence when I was 10. I met the man and had my first interactions with him and had lessons at a very early age, which were very much thanks to my wonderful parents, who I have to thank for everything, of course. you know. Uh, are your parents musicians as well, Ben? But both my parents are still working musicians in Houston, as retired as they would like to be. They'll just, the retirement is in, a, is in part of their vocabulary, I don't feel... So they're very much uh, still busy, church musicians and teachers, and, and my mom sings and, and coaches singers, as as does my dad, and he still plays the piano and conducts, and they both wear many, many hats. And, where do they uh, where do they perform and work? Do you mind me asking? No, my mom, she, she has a degree from Rice also. She got her doctorate, the first ever doctorate in voice uh, from Rice, uh, ever awarded in, in voice. Uh, from that school and she we were actually in school together uh for my freshman year she was still working on her doctorate that last year wow how was that together my dad teaching there and my mom in school there it was you know we were all in the family it was very much a family affair just kind of and i was actually i lived in you know i lived in the student housing there i lived in the dorms and did did mom ever drop drop by to parties or something just like hey you know i got i got the that's what was yeah (laughs) i mean you've you've been over there it's only like a half hour away you know depending on but on the traffic no we you know we of course we'd see each other all the time and it was always very cute and sometimes you know it wasn't like mom not so cute (laughs) god the guys are here mom 
I feel so bad for you right now. Uh, you know, oh, nine, oh, I feel bad now because no, I'm seeing Ben's face. He's like, oh, yeah, the yeah. memories are flooding back. Oh, yeah, nine, no, 90%, no, 90% I'm sure it was great, right? And then that 10% is, oh, Ben, um, rough night? So, yeah, some of it was, yeah, you know, I was a freshman <laughs> that year. Again, you look like again, you were so. up late last night, honey. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there was another guy I remember as well uh, who who's – uh, whose mom was around a lot <laughs> the freshman year. Like the, I remember I was, I, when I was there, like I wound up sort of becoming like the horn studio ambassador for a while. Like I would always meet the parents and, and proctor the auditions. Like I would lead people into the room to take their audition for the school and everything. And I was kind of like the poster child for a minute, take people out to lunch and answer questions. And then this one guy showed up and uh, really, really, great player you know anybody who went there was obviously you know good enough to get in there and this but this one guy showed up and and really sweet guy uh who's still a dear friend actually and but his mom was around actually around at the dorm like doing his laundry and things and <laughs> oh wow being, being being interesting so oh wow not, <laughs> not, I didn't, things, things, did, things didn't go that way with my parents fortunately <laughs> now but, just kind of <clears throat> jumping a little bit of timeline. So you, you've gone through uh, several universities, several uh, academies. Uh, you have your chops are, are a little bit wet. You've been performing professionally a little bit at this point now. What, what is it like for someone as a musician? And, and I'm not talking like rock star, but like a, as a, a working orchestra, um, you know, playing musician, what is it like going on tour or getting out of school and finding that spot that fits for you? It's been kind of uh, just an interesting journey for me. Like New Orleans was something that like my, a lot of these things, San Diego and New Orleans and uh, every other opportunity mostly that I've had, has been usually a result of my name getting dropped somewhere. Um, New Orleans had an opening for assistant principal horn, which means uh, it's like the gopher spot. You go and you do whatever anyone needs you to do. You play any part, you play principal, you play any extra. You're you're like the 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 one guy out who who's could be asked to do any job, right? In San Diego, I've been there since two thousand eight. I've actually been on the committees for at least 15 different auditions. So wow. it's a highly, it's a highly valuable perspective to have is, is to be on the other side of the screen to hear things, to hear people audition. And, and I, I would advise to all of the musicians out there who are auditioning for anything or anybody who's performing, who's auditioning for anything. If you can get in that environment and you can get on the other side of the screen and see um, or he, just for yourself in live and in person and here for yourself, uh, who shows up <laughs> to these things and, and it's get an accurate comparison of your own efforts, get a real reality check of things. Or the other thing I tell people to do is just go on YouTube and look on, if you want to go this direction, it can be awfully depressing, but it's actually, it's, it's, it's good advice. Go on YouTube, just look on American Idol, just fail compilations of American <laughs> Idol auditions and see what people are willing to do on TV. See what people are actually willing to do on for, for, for content or not. Just see what people are actually willing to do 
in public in front of a, a committee of judges of seasoned professionals who are looking for actual talent. Now, now I'm picturing like stage, orchestra you know? goes wild, orchestra gone wild. Right. That's what I'm picturing now in my head. We're just talking symphony orchestra. Yeah, I, so I, you know, I, I know what I'm googling tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, all right, all right. Let me ask you. Hold on, Ben. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You've been playing in so many different orchestras and um, you know musician for a long time. In a sense yeah. like this, let, let's have a little fun with this. Who do you think is <laughs> is crazier, woodwinds or brass? Japers. It's there's a great book I have to recommend. Um, oh, there's a oh there's a book now. Now I have a new reading list. <laughs> what, what did he What did he call it? Uh, uh, Orchestra Confidential or something or Audition Confidential. There's a trumpet player called Mark Gould who played principal trumpet in the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. Shout out to Mark if you're listening to this. I hope you will. I don't know if you will. I don't know if you listen to podcasts or not. But Mark is an hilarious individual and an amazing trumpet player and an amazing teacher who's influenced scores upon scores of all the best trumpet players of today know Mark's name. And he wrote a book depicting accurately every single character type of each of the instruments and who's crazier and, and why. And just to completely answer your question, I would just refer you to Mark's book. For my own information, I, I don't, I, I couldn't, I, again, I, I don't know that I could answer that out of my own experience. Like, oh, he's, he's, then, he's tiptoeing around it. I feel like he's like, I, I can't show up at work the next day and be like, I heard oh, this man. podcast. You're saying I'm crazy. <laughs> You're saying I'm crazy. <laughs> No, what do we mean by crazy? You know, like well, there's, there's, you know. Well, that's why I leave it open for for interpretation because it just, I don't know. It, it, you, like you said, there's different personalities with everyone who plays an instrument, right? You you choose that instrument. It's it's not like someone gives it to you and like this is what you will play. You can never change. I mean, yeah, it's your preferred, you know, go to, right? And so I I feel everyone has different reasons for going there but as a as when i grew up in band as a section we were we had our own personality just together right so i i feel yeah. like an orchestra has a different personality in each of their sections and i'm just kind of curious who in your mind is is kind of more like yeah we don't we don't mess with them or man those guys know how to have a good time or they're the serious but you know it's almost like it's like a weird like high school way of thinking about it well yeah so an orchestra is its personnel you know as as i heard said once uh is is the best way to sum it up an orchestra is its personnel and when someone leaves things change you know when someone gets there things change it's like a family it really is and but you know summer festivals if you if you wind up going into music into classical music part of your experience hopefully also involves playing at festivals at like summer music festivals in the summertime there's lots of different ones that are in beautiful places all over the country all over the world um where college age people on any instrument can go and study with great players and play in a big orchestra and get real life performing experience. Well, I, hold uh, on with the festivals. I do want to ask because you've played in a, a number of them, but I, I've also noticed that you played in a number of Irish festivals and uh, yeah, well, that's a whole separate story. Before we get into that, I just wanted to say though, before you talk about Irish music, like uh, in a full on professional job, a year-round professional 
orchestra, when you join one, it's the same hundred folks for the rest of your life. It's the same people you see day in and day out, the same at least 80 people that you see in day in and day out. And it's the same people that you come back to playing with after a year and a half away because of a global pandemic. It's those same 80 people that you took a year off of seeing a uh, year and a half off, however long, and you come back to that exact thing. And, and you know, it's, it's its own experience, right? But like in terms of who talks to who and, you know, all of that high school stuff that we love, all that drama, that, that never goes away. That is forever. I'm willing <laughs> to bet. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that cellists outdrink everybody. I'm willing to bet that. <laughs> And now, see, base, I was gonna say base, two. I was base. gonna say tubas. It was it was the tubas that outdrink everybody. Maybe, I don't know why. Maybe tuba. Maybe tuba. Or the I'm, percussion. I'm gonna, maybe the percussion. Maybe the percussion. Maybe I changed my mind. The I'm kind of. I'm kind of picturing like there's no birthday chocolate cake that's safe around a tuba player. I'm just thinking like that. That just. Goes. <laughs> oh, but, poor poor tuba players getting know, the bad rap. I know. To all you tuba we players out there, have, I'm just. We playing. actually have an opening in our orchestra for tuba. We're actually hey, auditioning for tuba soon. There you so go. If you're listening, so, if you're the players, you're listening. Come audition for San Diego Symphony. Perfect, perfect plug. It's, it's, All right, so it's the job. It's the job to have. P- part of what I just can't help myself, um, I can't keep myself from doing on our shows here at Neighbors Don't Knock is I always jump around the timeline. So forgive me. Before we transition to anything else, I want to take us back a little bit here, back to New Orleans because I do have a question about that. Yeah. As a horn player. You know, whenever whenever we as a, a non-musician, but but people that enjoy film and books and TV, New Orleans music is always represented by a horn player. I mean, there's really no, there's no, it, it's like a couple of famous voices mm-hmm. and then horns, right? That's all we see. Is it is it well, truly and, that magical? Well, I think by horn you probably mean trumpet. Well, yeah, of course. Off, yeah, of course. It's always the jazz trumpet player, right? And, but and by trumpet, I think you mean Louis Armstrong, and I think geez, you mean jazz. Come on, get it right. Well, no, but, but, but and I think and I think by New Orleans music you mean jazz. Right? No, 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 no. I actually, I actually don't mean just that. And I'll, and I'll tell you what my own personal experience. So I happened to be uh, in New Orleans for the first time only a few years back, and I'm tr- I'm walking down the street, right, and the street musicians are all over the place, um, hanging out mm-hmm. playing for cash. And, and street musicians too, clarinet. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like like full yeah. on, you know, musicians that were playing every instrument you can find. But, but for whatever reason, I guess that day, more often than not, they were horns. And no, they weren't just trumpets. I mean, they were like horns well, all and, over the and place. Brass, and a big and New Orleans brass band. I was going to say as well with like sousaphone and trombone and. Sax. There was definitely so, yeah, quite that, a lot of that, that as well. That's it. That's it. That's its own thing. New Orleans brass band is its own genre of music turns out i did not know like that, uh, that that's not like on the, the requirement for the auditions for you guys is it new orleans brass yeah. bands French horns. so 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 nobody goes to new orleans to listen to the orchestra first of all let me just say that and they should because it's a great one and it used to be called the new orleans symphony and now it's called the louisiana philharmonic and there's only a very small handful in um in this country of orchestras that are non-union that aren't part of the AFM. they are their own separate entities self-owned self-governed seattle symphony is another big one is the other big one that i can think of but the new orleans symphony now the louisiana philharmonic has been self-owned and self-governed and and all of that for its whole existence i think oh, wow. and 
And back, uh, the year that I was there, I spent one just the one season there, and it was the year that Katrina hit, and Hurricane Katrina. And I moved oh, out wow. of my apartment. I, I left my apartment, packed up my apartment with my dad, who helped me drive all my stuff out of there. I actually I, I went to the Aspen Music Festival that summer, and for the second or third time, I forget which. And the, uh, but that was right during the hurricane. And uh, it was like two weeks before the hurricane hit that I got out of town oh, that year. Unreal. And, and yeah. And, and, but once again, I mean, it's a great orchestra. The people support it, but the, the, there's an audience for it. There's a great opera company there that the orchestra would play for also, which is great fun. But yeah, no, like jazz is the thing in new orleans and brass band is the thing and dorian kitchens on the street with her clarinet is the thing and and the orchestra very much knows that and plays right into that whole aesthetic which is a beautiful thing they include that music on their concerts it isn't all just classical hits they do the music that the people want to hear they are part of the fabric of the community. There are people, and, and it also it's, it doesn't pay very well at all. That, the salary of that group is is barely enough to cover living in New Orleans, which is cheap enough, I suppose. There are nicer places in town to live, but you know, uh, suburban New Orleans is you know not not as expensive to live, and and the salary just barely covers that. And so the people who live there and have played in that orchestra for their whole lives, they're very proud citizens of that orchestra who have been there their entire careers. The principal bass is the first person I could pick up, this guy Dave Anderson, who at the time that I was there, he had already been there for 35 years. Oh wow. And it's probably he'll oh, wow. he'll yeah. he'll probably he'll probably die on that stage. He's he's the most amazing guy, amazing musician. And but he also plays amazing jazz and imp improvises and every other which style of music has and you know plays every kind of bass instrument that there is besides the double bass but his gig is principal bass of the new of the louisiana philharmonic and he and uh, so it is it is that magical then it really does permeate every facet of the world's living it is its own thing. New Orleans and its music is its own, very much its own thing. You know, it, it, it's really neat to hear, like you're talking about, so many different musicians and people you've connected with. When mm -hmm. we travel and, you know, you go to places like New Orleans, who is known for its jazz, and you go to Frenchman Street and all that, and you hear street musicians, I find it easier to approach musicians because I, I feel like you guys aren't, sought after, like for concerts, like people aren't rushing up to you to like take, pictures and selfies and things like that, right? As like when you go to Broadway, when people go to the stage tour, they want to see the actors come out, right? Or or am I wrong? Do you guys get a lot of that? Like, do you have a, a fan group that waits for you after shows? Not a lot. I mean, we have a very loyal audience here in San Diego. We do have a devoted group of fans. I see the same people who who uh, who are very nice and supportive here, who, who love French horn and all the. We actually here in San Diego have a, a a motley crew of amateur horn players, French horn players. There's actually um, a <laughs> motley there, crew of horn players. There, there, well, it, there's a group called Horn Swoggle, which <laughs> which got put together a long time ago. And uh, that's a good my name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is a friend's reference that just popped in my head because her name was Elizabeth. <laughs> Horn swoggle, like horn swoggle. That's that, and now oh, now I have that, but now I have Motley Crew with it. So now I'm picturing you guys on Harley's 
with your horns, like like going there's, down the street. There is an intrepid crew of French horn players in San Diego who get together on Saturdays and play horn ensemble music. And my esteemed predecessor, John Lorgi, who was principal horn in San Diego Symphony for a long time, about 25 years, um, he conducted the group uh, until he sadly died. And he, uh, they still are very much active, though. My, my colleague, Doug Hall, who plays fourth horn uh, in this, our section, he runs it. You can see on YouTube, I, I've played with them a few times. Um, there's one that I was proud of where we played uh, and we played the anthem at a, at a Padres game at Petco Park, which is the most beautiful ballpark in San, San Diego's a beautiful city. If anyone's never been here, I highly recommend coming visit here sometime, including you two gents, if you want to come visit any old time. Oh, if you have room for us, it's, uh, we're, it's we're, a beautiful place to visit. How, how big, know? how big is your place? <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, we have, we have, we have room, but you don't want to stay with me. Man. You want to come, come, come stay, come stay in like a B and B. You can get a really nice B and B for a nice pandemic rate. Seriously. I was just you following the music. I was just following the music. I figured that there'd be more <laughs> things going on at your place than anywhere else. <laughs> no, no, we'll do coffee. I'll make y'all coffee and everything, but no, San Diego, like, uh, what was I saying? Where was I going with that? What were we just talking about? Um, I completely the horn swoggle. No, the horn swoggle. Yeah, horn yeah. swoggle. But we, uh, we. Oh, that's what I was saying. Petco Park is the most beautiful ballpark in the country. You know, and the Padres are actually doing really well right now. We're on. You know, if anyone follows baseball, the Padres are doing really well. And lo and behold, there's this gorgeous place to watch. Uh, a game and uh but there's video of a, of the hornswoggle playing the anthem there and it's beautiful it's a gorgeous it's one of my favorite arrangements of the anthem and uh i'm in there you bring up something that i i kind of want to transition to you've played in so many unique places and with so many different people and had mm-hmm. a lot of career highlights i have heard rumors that you've collaborated with john williams though as well is that true yeah yeah, I uh, I have I I um, I've done a lot. I've been really lucky to do a lot of recording work. Um, I moved to LA. I was in LA for almost four years before I came down here. I was in New Orleans for just the one year, and then after that year, I I had opportunities elsewhere. I, it was basically that year I was kind of deciding where I wanted to go next because I knew I didn't want to stay there. I knew I wanted to do something else. I but I wound up going to LA and I had a friend in LA who I'm still one of my 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 best buddies, um, great trumpet player who I had been at Interlochen with and, and I must say the year I spent at the Arts Academy would have been it would have been my senior year at Elkins High School for all the all the Elkins people that's that's why you never saw me <laughs> senior year because uh, I moved away to Michigan and spent that year but the people that I met there wound up being some of my you know, most influential friends later on and people I still keep in touch with and work with. And, and, uh, and this one friend trumpet player, uh, had, we had a brass quintet story goes, we had a, uh, we had a group that we wanted to start that we had actually gotten together and done some recording. And it was a really serious group for a minute. And we thought about doing some competitions and doing recitals and had all this stuff. And then we all kind of wound up in LA together and started rehearsing and planning for all that stuff. And meanwhile, during that time, you know, all those efforts kind of got 
overshadowed by all the other stuff that the five of us wound up going and doing and which was you know everything but that group i was busy auditioning and the others were busy with their own projects um lots of different stuff and i you know once again was taking every which audition and finally came down here the way that uh i wound up down here was once again my name got dropped uh to the music director the then music director the man who hired me uh i came down here and played a private audition for him and for people on the committee um it was literally an email that i got from the personnel manager they were like can you come down next week and play and i was like sure and so i came down a few days later and played i played i, I must say here's my one flex for the day i, I played for an hour anything they wanted to hear completely from memory wow 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 so that's impressive that's a good flex well so, done well that so that was my one that was my one my first audition for the job and then the actual audition that i won to keep the job happened the following spring the best part of my job here has been watching our group just grow into an amazing amazing group we have a new music director we have a lot of great stuff going for us here at san diego symphony now we have a new music director who's wonderful rafael Tayari is his name uh we have lots of great new players we have more players hopefully coming uh to audition now that uh, we're going to start auditioning again now that things are opening up again we have a new venue at the convention center downtown which is called the shell which is it's uh the the best gift to san diego uh the city of san diego has needed for a long long time and, and the shell is best. just brand new right it, it's absolutely it's, just it hasn't even had a full audience yet is it my understanding no, we're not even we haven't opened yet we're opening next month in august sunday nights if anybody wants to listen to the San Diego Symphony, you can visit kpbs.org on Sundays, and our broadcasts happen at 8 p.m. Uh, California time, Pacific time. So that's a little late for people listening in Texas and other points. Well, you n- you never know. There's all I'm night I'm a night owl too, but we'll put that link yeah. in our episode description, absolutely, as well as on our social media where we'll drop a picture of the mm-hmm. venue so you guys can get a chance to see it. Yeah, we'll also post up the shell itself with the ticket sales. Are they on sale now? Can you actually pre-order tickets for your shows? I think packages are for sale now. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. As soon as as soon as we have a link we can share with our listeners where they can actually get individual seats, we'll definitely post up in the episode description as well for them. That'd be wonderful. But I, I do want to jump yeah. back real quick because I love it how Ben just glossed over this. Like how you just nah, I collaborated with John Williams. But my understanding <laughs> is not only you collaborated because I'm a big Star Wars geek. Yeah. But did to no, I was I was getting to that. Oh, because <laughs> I, I was like, I was, I was not going to let you get that. away with that because I was like, uh, this is like, I'm like geeking out. And I'm like, wait, he just went past John Williams. I was like, no, 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 no. So what what was no, your, no. what was it like, first of all, to work with him? And what did you get to play of his music that I'm about to just go, oh. To have had John Williams, the name John Williams in my life as much as it has been, has been just a complete blessing and a complete, unbelievable, mind-blowing gift uh, for me. I uh, I mean, if, if you play the horn and if you play a brass instrument, uh, mo- a lot of brass players and orchestras got into the business, got into, they were inspired when they were children because of, you know, the Star Wars soundtracks and John Williams's music. In 1977, they were there at the theater when the first movie came out. And Williams 
if you live in Southern California and if you do this kind of work, hopefully you wind up playing and seeing his name a lot. He, you know, has a home out here and much of his best work has been done out here. Um, we play his music all the time in the San Diego Symphony um, at every Witch Pop show. Annually, there will almost always be an all John Williams concert of some kind. Um, he's the greatest living American composer. I think he just turned 88 or 89. Years oh, old. wow. Wow, yeah. Um, he, and he, but uh, I, uh, with the orchestra here, I got to play his horn concerto. He wrote a concerto for horn, um, that which I was lucky enough to get to do a couple, two, three seasons ago. And uh, which is, you know, a lot of fun to play. You know, it's a big piece. And, but with the recording, I, um, the very the first thing I got to do for him was episode seven, uh, the the Force Awakens. <laughs> so I was say you say episode seven. That's the Star Wars episode seven movie. Star, Star Wars episode seven. So I played that one, and I played on episode eight, but not on episode nine. I didn't do that one. Nowadays, what's fun is orchestras are doing more movies live with the score we're doing it a lot in san diego where we they play the movie live and the orchestra plays the score live along with the picture that's one of my favorite things to do i, I was about to um, ask i was about to ask that um do you have a lot of other projects like that that you you like being involved with or are involved with currently that you can tell us about well at the show we have every witch thing planned uh coming up like It'll be our t in the summer here in San Diego. It's almost the best time to hear the orchestra, honestly, because with the new venue, it certainly will be too. Because it's we're first of all, we're going to be stuck there for the foreseeable future. Also, part of what's happening is our concert hall, you know, our, in, our big indoor concert hall where we play normally is also being renovated. They're taking the opportunity to, to fix it up uh, while we have this new thing being built and um, opening officially next month. But our venue, our, by the way, who haven't those of you who haven't seen, it's right on the water. It's right behind the convention center. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It, it's gorgeous. So, it's so it, it looks gorgeous. Famous, yeah, it's incredible. And the world famous Comic Con that happens in San Diego uh, in July, it's right there. Like half a million people show up to that, and it's all right there. We always do concerts for that. We also San Diego. A lot of people don't know is. The last two, if you're a Star Wars fan, you might not be a Star Trek fan as well. But like, the, for all this, for all the Trekkies, we the last couple, two, three um, Star Trek movies with, with Chris Pine and and I forget who directed those. Um, but the, those last three movies, the very last one called Into Darkness, um, those were scored by a guy named Michael Giacchino, and we the San Diego Symphony we played actually the live premiere of into darkness at comic con it was the first time that had ever been done where they had an outdoor imax screen at comic con wow. fifty thousand people red carpet the whole cast and everything and see comic con's got culture philip we've got we've talked exactly. about this about going actually wait, 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 it's wait, really wait, weird wait, wait. hang on <laughs> hang on a second hang on because now i i need to pull us into a whole uh, series of branches here first of all jj uh, abrams directed the last three uh star trek movies um and so jj abrams obviously has a very passionate yeah. following and then a lot of complaints about him as well but i <laughs> well yeah we'll go back i, I we'll just personally stick with passionate <laughs> i per well I, I am a trekkie and i personally think that he did a fantastic job with those films so um, kudos from phil goffrey at neighbors of knock and jd abrams <laughs> well yeah. done buddy well done bad robot <laughs> aj come um, on the show 
Yeah, come on, JJ. Let's go. Uh, JJ, not AJ. Thank you. Sorry, look at, sorry look at you. I'm, I'm thinking of your cousin Star now. Star Wars, so man. You're sorry. all Star Wars. You know, come I, on. I am all Star Wars. But he did do Star Wars, but Lost we're not going to get into fringe. that. Lost I mean, come on. No, let's, we're uh, not going to get into Lost. Well, hang That's on, a hang whole on. other wormhole. He's illustrating a Spider-Man comic with his son. I mean, this guy's all over the place. I, 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 he is all over the place, but and, we're not going to go Star down Wars. that hole. We're not Star Wars. Again, we're not going to go down that hole with Whedon and all that. It could be a long podcast. But, Ben, I, I have to tell you, uh, when I was looking up your bio and and you mentioned that you had done some film uh, work and things like that, we've had the great pleasure of having a few musicians on the show. Never have we had somebody on the show where you can pull up an IMDb page and it's just like, bam, you've been in a ton of stuff. And And by the way, I'm a total geek. Anyone that listens to our show, anyone who knows me, they know I'm a complete dork. Your IMDb page makes my heart sing. I mean, my gosh, your first big title is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm like, this guy is like welcome in my house. I got both, I got both of them on DVD. Oh, man. <laughs> any day of the week, you can come walking in. Do not knock. Just come in. Tell my wife you're here. If I'm not here, she's like, I'm the guy that did Alita Battle Angel on the horn. And I'm like, done. Did you, you really? Did you really? Did you, you actually see that? I, I saw. I, I love that movie. Not not only did I see it, I love it. Just like I, I love that movie. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I haven't seen it, but I must say, now that you're bringing up Alita: Battle Angel, that was one of the most fun recording sessions I've ever played ever. And ben, ben and you could fit in with Philip and I. We could do. You know, if Big Bang Theory had not created that TV show, we could have been those three guys. <laughs> just, just geeking out, just geeking yeah. out left and right from three walks of life, just geeking out. Oh yeah. You all oh, watch yeah. the IT crowd? Have you seen the IT crowd? Anybody? No, no. I, I've heard about it from various friends that say it's right up my alley, but I have not had the chance uh, yet. We just finished it. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. Anybody out there who hasn't seen the IT crowd? It's well, great. Th thanks to Mr. It's Chambers really here. I recently fell down the rabbit hole that is Mythic Quest. So right now, I'm uh, I'm plowing through that. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. And now, back to the show. So you've gotten to play on multiple studio recordings. You've played with numerous orchestras around the world. You're well-traveled. Man, and not only that, you play multiple instruments. What is your favorite instrument other than horn that you play? <laughs> well, yeah, you were, you were talking about Irish music. I got into Irish music when I was younger. Uh, like around the same time, actually, I got into horn playing. Uh, I had a friend, a family friend, uh, both Scottish and Irish bagpipes, played them growing up and played me uh, all the great recordings. Of, of all the great pipers of the past. And that was what sort of was the bug that bit me when I was young as I heard recordings of this bagpipe, you know, when I was about 10 or 11. And, and I was sort of smitten by it. And, you know, I got into Scottish pipes for a while. I played that music. I was also lucky growing up in Houston, there were a lot of great Scottish pipers around. Um, the St. Thomas Episcopal School had a very strong 
Scottish piping program probably still does. I got into that and eventually, first I started with the tin whistle. And when I got into Irish music, uh, I started playing the tin whistle and then I started playing the wooden flute and listening to more and more different kinds of Irish music, different bands. Um, how, how do your neighbors react to your practicing schedule? Oh, they love him. They love him, man. Actually, like, they're like, oh, thank that. God it's the flute today. It's not oh, the best. Like, there, the there he goes, that tin whistle again. We just love it when he does that right there. So, so I, have, I, have, I have two bits about that. First of all, I actually just met one of my neighbors for the first time this morning. It's funny you should mention this guy came over who uh, brought a, a, he brought a food delivery over that had gotten mistakenly delivered to his house. And, and he was like, Hey, uh, I think this is yours. So that he's like, Hey, are you the horn player? And I'm, it sounds really good. Blah, blah, blah. And so it's, you know, and, but, but, but also there was one time I I'm lucky enough to be in a neighborhood where it's pretty quiet and I'm in a freestanding house away from everything else. And I have a very, very cool landlord who's here some of the time. Uh, but who also is, he's a sound guy and a music guy. And so he is totally cool with it. We have a very, very nice arrangement here. But I was out in my backyard one night, uh, late at night, just a few years ago. And I, we have a big yard and I was over against the fence watering plants or whatever. And there's an apartment building behind us. And I could hear a couple of neighbors over the fence, again, who I had never seen or met or didn't know if they knew me. But I heard these people talking. And what I could surmise from the conversation was that one was leaving the place to the other to house sit for a while. And so here's where the door is. Here's where the lock is. Here's where the lights and showing every place around. Oh, and so this neighbor over the fence, he plays every single instrument there is. But don't worry, he's really good. <laughs> and, that's, and, that, and that's what i heard through over the fence and hey so that like, that right. is a completely fair <laughs> qualification i mean that is like i thought for a minute you were gonna say you know i was out in the backyard you know practicing my horn yeah. my back yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, nothing no, worse than no, like the 13 no, year old no. learning to play the drums next door right i, I mean, you know it, it i oh yes you mentioned that Irish music and Scottish music a little bit uh is rising in popularity and it has been do you think that part of that might be because of the the sort of Irish punk rock movement that sort of swept through U.S. cities a few years back, like the you know Flogging Mollies, Dropkick Murphys, all those bands? Because like that's I, I, been I, happening since I was in school. That sort of thing has been happening since I was. In yeah, school. yeah, exactly. Like mid '90s, sort of forward, right? But but growing up, you know, I, I am happen to be half Irish, and growing up, um, I really didn't have any exposure whatsoever to the pipes or anything of the kind. And then all of a sudden in the mid nineties, I started hearing these little, like, you know, mostly Irish in fairness pipes happening now. And again, it has to be right. It has to be some of that pop influence from those bands that sort of got people in in cities interested because otherwise how would, how would that have happened? Sure. Yeah. Like just hearing the instrument, uh, hearing the sound of those instruments in anything, like in pop music, has always been the way that pe- that has captivated people. Like hearing Davy Spillane play in Riverdance was what did it for so many Irish pipers. Now, the Irish pipes, the Inland pipes, are an instrument that nearly went extinct, actually, a couple of different times over history. And they're a relatively new invention. They've only been around since like around the 1700s or so, early 1700s. And, but they are a purely Irish invention and they are, they're really complex and they're very finicky and they are, uh, they change with the weather 
And so they're, they're just kind of, of course they um, do. They're Irish. Well, yeah, they're just like Irish people. And there's only so much you can do if they're not going to work for you. Uh, You don't want to touch the pipes today. Trust me. Well, I saw him at breakfast. They're, they're kind of, they're kind of a piece of shit, to be honest, like as an instrument, they're just not, they're not. Of course they are. They're Irish. and 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 that's and that's kind of what I specialize in, though. Come to find out, I play, you know, and and the pipe, the Irish pipes have also been called incredibly difficult to play among the world's most difficult instruments. Just like the French horn has been called literally the hardest instrument to play in the Guinness Book of World Records or something like this. And to me, you know, that 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 is especially true when you're going to ask for a raise. You know, that's usually the the, the argument you make is that I'm, I have the Guinness record you know, hardest instrument to play is when you go with that. I, I love that. That seems like a good yeah. stat to keep in your back pocket. I love that. Though. So, so <laughs> like, you're, you're, a master, <laughs> you're, you're, you're yeah. a master French horn player. You are a total <laughs> geek who chooses movies to do horn in that are absolutely the nerdiest and most wonderful. Ninja Turtles movies were terrible, by the way. I don't know if you saw them. <laughs> I, I didn't. I respectfully disagree. I'm with Philip on this one. I love those movies. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see, although, I didn't see the Turtles. Although, see the turtles. if you were, if you would tell me that you had a small part in some some version of Vanilla Ice's recording of Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, I'd be like, man, my idol right now. <laughs> so I was I was so stoked to play on the on the that the. I think I did both of the most recent Ninja Turtles ones. It was, but it was Brian Tyler's score, and I went to go see it. And I don't know. Now, stuff that you know, other stuff that you know that I might have done. Uh, I just did um, Space Jam too. Oh I yeah, actually, you know, Space Jam too. My daughter has not had a chance to see that yet, but she's really excited too. She's been bugging the hell out of me. I am skeptical to go see it because. I loved Michael Jordan, and it's it's hard for me to, to replace Michael Jordan there. But I will definitely yeah. check it out, or at least listen to the soundtrack. Now that I know that you played yeah. on it, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm still a sneaker guy. I'm like that's one of my my hobbies. It's like I'm into sneakers. And what's so your I, all right? I, hold I, on. What's your sneaker then? What's what's your go to sneaker? Well, I, I'm I'm way into Jordans. I still have a bunch of Jordans. I've dunks. I but I have some of everything. Do you so, have soft lighting for your sneakers? Like when you you no, know a little no, no, track no, no. track lighting when you like what? It's very very cheap. I have like forty dollar very easily assembled racks from Amazon that are that are super. I actually well love yeah of course you don't, don't want like to spend the, more on the racks. You got to yeah. spend the rest on the sneakers. You don't you don't have, no, you don't have like the no, USB powered lots on there. Like those fancy things with the cases with the front doors uh, to put them each in, in, in crates like that. Those are super expensive. And they actually don't make them in my size either. My feet are too big for those things. And But the Space Jam 2 thing was great because I actually wore my Space Jam Jordans to the sessions for that. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's my other flex for the day. I wore my original Space Jam Jordans to the sessions for Space Jam that's 2. Cool. Did, it, did anybody comment I, on that day when you, when you showed no, up? Nobody said nothing because, but I think we we're all, everybody was keeping like sessions have been weird. They started doing sessions in LA again back in July of last, of this past year, actually, when things started to very slowly open up. But those things early on recording in LA was especially weird because it's all been so distanced and like they, we would have, we would do just the horns. Like we would just do this, the horn section at a time. It's been a trend that I've actually not been so keen on in LA recording as of late as they do what's called striping, which is where they do section by section 
Do, do you think that mm-hmm. changes if we continue to get out of the pandemic? Do you think it goes back to more bringing everybody in, having some continuity to it? Or do you think they've set I, some precedence that's going to be here to stay? Well, they were doing the striping thing long before the pandemic happened. And it's just been a way that people like to piece things together, sadly, just so they have that much more control. But I really hope that, I mean, certain people, I, in my opinion, the guys who get it, quote unquote, people like Michael Giacchino, uh, certainly John Williams, the older guard guys, the people who realize that brass sounds better on tape than it does on digital. Certain guys doing the work uh, realize certain things about the aesthetic. And I hope that since we've been so far apart from each other for this long, that, yeah, I hope we, we start doing more and more stuff where we're all in the room together. It'll be difficult to do just by the book, you know, with vaccination records and everything. But, but I hope that, 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 that we get back to some of that. I hope to see Man, that happen. I wish I could come see the first concert that you guys do in the shell. In this Because I, I just, listening to you talk, I feel like ev- everyone in the orchestra is feeling the same way you are. I didn't grow up listening to orchestras or listening to classical music or anything like that. And when I moved to Houston um, as an adult, I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go to the symphony here for the first time. And it surprised me how how engaging it was to see it live, how engaging it was to see that that struggle and the push-pull going on between the conductor and the musicians and, you know, sort of listening yeah. for the audience and really wonderful, um, thankfully, because yeah. I, I, I was expecting to be very, quite no offense, but quite boring. And it was not. Yeah. It was actually oh, uh, really and, tremendous. Oh, but it can be. Oh, but it totally can be some orchestra concerts, some 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 classical concerts I've gone to. It's like going to the planetarium. It's like the best nap you've ever taken. <laughs> like, I'm actually really like, glad to hear you say that. So yeah, well, you can you can uh, always commission a piece for us that we'll play on the show. Absolutely, come hang anytime you guys want. Seriously, man, oh, we careful. would love to come hang. But man, I, I just want to thank you for taking time. Uh, it's been so great catching up with you. Um, in yeah, person versus versus social media, man, you are doing some amazing things. I am so excited for you, and uh, again, brilliant, brilliant musician. I cannot tell our listeners <laughs> you are just incredible and so much fun to follow on social media. So, if you check Ben on social media, your your Instagram is a ton of fun to follow. I love it. I yeah, love it. Truly, oh, Ben, thanks. thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. It's very nice to meet you. And to all our listeners out there, honestly, please look this up because this stuff is important. The orchestras are important. The symphony is important. And Ben is doing great, great work out there. The new facility is amazing. Yeah, the Shell, they are opening right they are open now. You can get tickets on sale. They are on sale. You can go to theshell.org or just type in you know, the San Diego Orchestra.org and you can find tickets or what's going on with them. You know, hit us up for more information. Ben's information and links are going to be in our episode description. Man, it's been a blessing to have you on the show. Thank you guys so much. It's really, really appreciated. It's great to talk to you guys. Great to catch up. I haven't seen you since the eighth grade. I hope we get to All right. in person sometime. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll catch you next week with a new episode. Peace. Out. All right.